It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Tip Squad. Next level. BGN Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the next level, the creme de la creme, Teron Davenport, Barrett Brooks, linked with BGN, next level boys breaking down the game, other podcasts out, but they not the same, TD the fly one, keep the suits and the wingtips, honest opinions, from the Gibsons to the Winces, I'm left handed, Barrett Brooks got my blind side, Super Bowl winner, see the game from a champ size, route concepts down, the techniques in the trenches, you wanna learn football? And tune in and listen BGN Radio Next Level Podcast You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that From senior bowl workouts to the draft Down to training camp Breakdowns of all 22 They the best at that Special insights giving sight to the blind So sit down, push play And when they done, rewind Next Level We're back Welcome to another edition of The Next Level Podcast I'm Teron Davenport At Davenport underscore NFL and I'm here with my man, the guy who mans the trenches. Barrett Brooks, at B Brooks, 72 CSN. Yes, sir. So what we're going to do today, we're, we're, we've been going through different positions, position by position for, for this roster. Big game coming up on Thursday for some of the guys at the back end of the roster. This linebacking group is something that I think we need to talk about. But before we get into that, we have to address the move that the Eagles made. They traded Terrence Brooks to the Jets in exchange for cornerback Dexter McDougal. Which surprised me, actually. It, it really surprised me. It surprised me, too, because I thought Terrence Brooks was actually in the mix for a a, a position at the safety. You I, know, I, I did the same thing. At one point, he was the number three safety, and now you see him not even on the team. It's, it's Life comes at you fast. You know? well, and, 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 you know, it, it just goes to show the confidence level that they have in, in, in the core they got there. And, and I think a big it, it shows a big, big plus on how Chris Marigos is that good of a player to have him on special teams and backup safety. I think that's the biggest thing that I really bought out of the whole situation, the whole trade, was 
They love Chris Maragos and what he brings to on on special teams. I mean, if you look at it, Terrence Brooks played well enough to be on this roster. No doubt. I mean, he was a headhunter. He made sure that he knew his plays. He 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 did a great job in camp, and now he's gone. It just goes to show how things just go so quickly, you know. Um, Corey Graham shows he they did. love him too. Corey Graham made life tough for a lot for of people. Whole... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speak on that, man. Seriously, man. Yeah, well, he threw a he threw a monkey wrench in a whole lot of guys' yeah, plans. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. He obviously Brooks, Jalen Watkins. You look at Aaron Grimes. You look at Patrick Robinson. You you look at uh, a lot of these guys on this team. I mean, C.J. Smith too, for that matter. And I'm not saying that he's a guy that plays corner on the outside, but he's a guy that gives you versatility. Yes, sir. You don't have to have an extra corner because he could do that. And also the safety position. And you see what they started doing as soon as he got there. Their three safety package. We got Jenkins down in the box, you know, playing at playing the nickel position, which is gonna come into play when they go against some of the teams like the Giants when they bump Brandon Marshall inside when, when the Cowboys, you know, move Des Bryant, Malcolm yeah. Jenkins is gonna be the guy to, to cover him. So Corey Jenkins made uh Corey Graham, excuse me, made life very difficult for guys. No question. And you know, and, and just looking at everybody in the in 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 the defensive back meeting room, multi purpose guys. Yeah. I mean, you look at the older guys are were corners that got converted to safety. So they know what it is to be out there one on one with guys. They understand you have to play multi positions to be in this defense. This more so than I've seen Coach Schwartz ever do. This isn't something I saw him do in in, in Detroit. I just see him do this with the Titans. He has really figured out a way where he's putting his best foot forward, the best guys he has out there. And he's not caring about how much money you're making, what you bring to the table as far as, you know, what you think you, you're a leader or whatever. He's saying if it don't make, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. I mean, if you're not producing, he's getting you up out of there. Get you out of there. So McDougal is here. And I, I tell you, I remember Dexter when he was coming out of Maryland. And he was a guy that I liked because he's that, and, and you look at, Coaches have particular stereotypes. That right, they, right. They have, like, not stereotypes, but profiles that they like. Yes. And one of the things in corners that, that Schwartz loves, those scrappy guys, the guys who, who you know, are irritating to play against. Ronald and Darby. Ronald Darby. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. <laughs> All right. Aaron Grimes. <laughs> right, right, know, yep. Rasul Douglas. Yes. That's where McDougal fits in. He, he's one of those corners that I guarantee you, and I, I should have asked Tory Smith about this, earlier today, but I guarantee you he's probably one of those guys that you just hate practicing against. Well, you know what? He has no chill. I didn't know anything about him, to be honest. You know, if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to keep 100. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about him. I hadn't seen much on the field. He, You know, he was on the practice squad with last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he you know he, he started to get a little burned this year, but I really haven't had a chance to sit down and see what he brings to the table. So I'm glad you had saw what he's done earlier on, yeah. you know, to give me some insight on what's going on. With him, what what I like is you have the change of direction skills, which is mandatory for a guy in inside. We talked about the scrappiness. You have to have that the the want to be physical. You know that's something that he brings. But I like the way he drives on the football. Also, if you want to see a, a good taste of of uh, McDougal, what you could do is watch the first preseason game against the Titans. Okay, specifically the fourth quarter. He had a couple nice pass breakups. But he is a guy that if they could find that way to run that smash combination to get the receiver on the corner, 
on the corner route that is right, right, matched right. up against him or the seam routes or, or some of those deep routes, he could get bodied up by a bigger receiver. And that seems to be a theme for a lot of these corners that they have on this team. Well, that's, gonna, that's how you attack when you have smaller corners like that. Even though they might be really good athletes, you know, sometimes you're just a bigger specimen than somebody else. And, and if he goes up and competes for it, you know, yes, he's going to compete for it when it's coming down. But if you up top, there's nothing really you can do about it, you know. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. I talked to him today. He told me he had four pass breakups in practice today. And he said he loves, and it's a common theme, anybody that comes here and plays for Coach Schwartz, one of the things they always talk about is how it lets them play fast. The defense allows them to just read and react. They're not forced to do too many things as far as, you, you know, converting and, and, and having the defense change on the fly is, hey, look, that's your cat. You stick with your cat, and, and that's what you do. You know, that's an important thing that, you know, we really need to break down. You know, that's what we do. We, break, we take it to the next level. The there, are <laughs> there are so many schemes out here. Like, I played against schemes that, you know, zone – those zone blitz teams, you know, I, I, when I was with the Steelers, for instance, why, you know, playing against them was really a game of chess. It's like, all right, we're going to bring and we're going to overflood one side of the field. And there were times where a total one side of the field was just unguarded. It was just totally void of defensive players. But they bring so many people on one side, there would be times they send seven people on one side. And when I say one side, you split up in hemispheres. You know, you have the center. And you have the right of the center and the left of the center. And they split it up where they spent seven guys are rushing from one side. And then they leave a totally void zone that if you were able to get in that zone and get the ball up before those seven guys got there, it's a big play. It might even be a touchdown. But then you have a simplistic defense like you have a Coach Swartz. Coach Swartz believes in, all right, I want my front forward to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out there with my front forward. That way my tail end. They're going against guys that, all right, you might bump and run with them a little bit, but you know who you have. It's simple in the concept of, all right, this is who I got. Either I'm going to get him or he's going to get me. I'm going to earn my money right now. And as a player, that's what you want. If you don't go one-on-one against somebody like that, you know if you're wrong and you mess up, everybody sees it and everybody knows you're wrong. But those are the type of defenses you want to be on. Just let me be on an island. Let me do what I do. Yeah. I found a lot of times you know, playing a left tackle. Sometimes, look, I just want to be out there one-on-one playing against God, man against man, mano and mano. We're going to put our hands in the dirt. We're going to fight from this point on. And it was like that. Me and Simeon Rice went with like that for years and years and years. Me and Simeon Rice, when he started off with, with the Cardinals, played against each other four years, then turned around, you know, played against him uh, two years when he, was in, when he went to Tampa Bay and I was in Detroit. There's one-on-one battles. That's what you want, man. And, and, and as long as you out there fighting and doing your job, they won't say your name. As an offensive lineman, when they say your name, it's usually you messing up, man, or you jumped off sides, you gave up a bad play. As long as they don't say your name, you're doing a great job. So it's like them unsung heroes that are balling, you never hear anything about them. It's almost like the same way with corner. Yep. As long as you don't hear your name, you're doing a great job. And that's what I said a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Jalen Mills. Right, he's, right. He's just moved, going along. You're not hearing his name. And it's funny because Coach Schwartz said that on Sunday. So that's a really good point. And I tell you, it's no coincidence that so much money is invested on this front four. Oh, you yeah. Might well, you might as well call it the front seven because they have that heavy rotation. No question. So it, it is definitely no coincidence that they have all these guys up there because that that's the foundation of, of this team up front. Well, and, yeah. And anybody on the team will tell you that. I talked to Rodney McLeod about that. 
And uh, that's what he said. It's all about the guys up front getting that pressure so that we in the back end, we could create turnovers. And that's really how it works. But we talked about the front end and the back end. We cannot overlook the guys at the second level of the defense. So we have to look at Jordan Hicks. We have to look at Nigel Bradham. Most importantly, we have to look at Michael Kendricks. We talked about him last week. And then you look at what he did in the Dolphins game. You look at how they're starting to use him. Jim Schwartz talked about moving Nigel Bradham because Jordan Hicks is out right now. Moving Nigel Bradham to middle and, and getting Kendricks at Bradham's spot in their nickel package, how do you think that's going to allow Kendricks to continue to blossom as a player? Well, you know what? To really break it down simple and, and, and get to really the basis of why he's doing so well right now, not just because it's, it's, it's money on the line and they wanted to get him out of here, but they kept him because they saw something in him. Maybe he didn't see it himself. But he's applied himself like I hadn't seen in years for him. He understands what his place is in a defense. And it might have just been in those defenses that he, he were in before in that 3-4 defense. He didn't really understand or where he fit in and how he was going to play that position. But he really understands Coach Schwartz. And, 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 and he understands what his, what his job is, what his role on the team. I've seen him right now start coaching other players. Like he was telling Hicks what to do in, in, in the huddle one time, Najee in the huddle. He understands where he fits in on the defense now. Conceptually, he sees, all right, I'm supposed to be here. So if they run around, I know what I need to high-low it or I need to jump around. He sees those things now that he didn't see before. It used to be like he was running around with a chicken with his head cut off. He didn't understand where he was supposed to be at. He couldn't really read the defense, I mean the offense, defensively. He couldn't read it. He didn't understand if a, if a running back – uh, ran a wheel route that he needs to close in and get and, and take away all that room from him to yeah. stop him from running route, maybe reroute him or something. He didn't understand that he would just run with the guy. No, sometimes you can cut that route off, stop him from doing what he needs to do, close up the distance on so he doesn't look open from the beginning. Because if he doesn't look open from the beginning, if that first read the quarterback have, he's got to go to another. He got to go to another read, and that's what he didn't do. If I take this read away first. Now the quarterback sees this. He's not going to have enough time because the guys up front are going to get there. He didn't have enough time to get on that second read or that third read to get back to that wheel route that he had to defend. And I see that's what he's done. He was telling uh, he was telling guys the other day, hey, Najee, Najee, make sure you play from underneath and then play it out. When you do that, it shortens up the distance between the, the quarterback and, and, and you get in between the, the, the receiver and the quarterback. And once you get that, you know, it, it takes the reading off. It takes the timing off the quarterback. That's the difference that I see to him now that he saw before. It's always something that, that's interesting to me. Uh, obviously, I didn't play at the NFL level, but, you know, being around it so much, you, you get an understanding of everybody at this level is a beast in their own right. You know, so the game itself becomes mental. That's exactly. what really separates it. And you see him at a better mental place. No, you hit it right on the head. People think the NFL is just so physical, you know. But, I mean, football is football is football. The same drills you did when you were in Pop Warner, high school, are the same drills you do when you're in college and in the NFL. There's no difference. The names are, you know, for the most part the same. Conceptually, they're the same. The difference is, well, not even the difference. Because you get, you're with the elite of the elite. You know, when you had maybe three or four All-Americans you might play against on the other side of the field on game day when you're in college. Well, everybody's an All-American. 
everybody's all conference, you know. Everybody's all district when you get to the NFL. So the speed of the game, yes, you're playing at a, a much higher speed, but it's the speed that you're used to playing because you're an All-American also. So you understand what it is to play that fast. It's just everybody's playing that fast with you. The difference is you learn. It's not, it's not really that guys are going fast. It's really mentally you got to be more inept in what you're thinking about and what you're doing. You have to dive into that a lot more. You have to use film study. It's sometimes more important what you do out there in practice. Yes, muscle memory is, it has a lot to do with it and going through the plays when you're out there on the field. But I, I would venture to say this 80% mental and 20% physical. If you can cut the distance off with a player or, 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 or redirect a player, it just makes you a better player because now you've taken away another facet of what he can use against you. The more you take away from him, the less he can do against you, the better you are and you can play faster. And I think that's where Michael Kendricks is now. He's reading things great. He's going out there. He's analyzing what the play is. He's calling the play out before it even happens. Yeah. Now, that might just be because he's in practice. He played against it for the last four weeks. But still, I didn't even see that last year when he was playing the last four weeks. You know? Last year, it seemed like he was just too emotional. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he played the game just from – and you always want to play pissed off. Don't get me wrong. But he played the game just from – more of an emotional standpoint. Well, you know, I didn't allow him to, to really I, think on the field. I, I, you know, what you say emotional. I, I venture to say, and, and go a little deeper than that, more of in a selfish manner, as opposed to all right, team conceptually. Man, you ain't doing me right, so you know, I, I, I got a problem with it, and letting them affect it on the field. Mm-hmm. You can't let that affect you on the field, and that's what I mean by selfishness. You know. Because you you know you feel as though you should be a starter and you only play thirty percent of the reps, you let that mentally get in your head, and now you're not performing the way you want to perform. And you saw that if you go back to the Detroit game, and I I was so pissed off with Kendricks in that first half because there were multiple times where he could have made the tackle. What's, what's that running back's name? Rydell or Riddick or something like Riddick, that? Riddick, exactly. Riddick, yeah, Riddick. Exactly. Yeah. It was like third and eleven, and they dumped it to him in the red then, zone. And the efforts, it was it was terrible. So yeah. it was like he was like he was pouting that he was going to make the tackle. Right, that and, posture. And it just seemed like to me he never got over having to play in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game. Right. You know, I think that really hurt his pride. But you got to put that aside and just keep going. And, and then it affect him at the and then affect him at the end of the game when they could have won it with the play where he uh you know with the, with the penalty. Mm-hmm. So it affected him there too. But. That's in his defense. That's what he's done, and now you see him in a position where I tell you, they're going to be in that nickel package a lot, just because. Then these are how the def- offenses, they, yeah, they play a lot of these three receiver sets. A lot of eleven personnel. Eleven personnel is one running back, one tight end, and the rest everybody else receivers. Exactly. So you're going to see that more, but I think he's going to get more playing time this year. I don't think it's going to be that twenty-seven percent. I think it's going to get increased, and. I tell you what, I like Nigel Bradham a lot as a player, but after I think it's after this year, his contract's up. I could see them. He's he let him letting him move on, and Kendricks is, assume that role. No question. You know, so that's something else to think about in the future. But there's think, a lot of money still on his contract. Oh yeah, there's plenty of money still still on there. So looking at the future, though, obviously there's other guys that we have to talk about. Bradham and, and Hicks, they go without saying. Those are the starters. They're they're you know the the ninety-seven percent of the snap guys, right? Uh, but you look at the depth, and I think one of the reasons why they didn't trade Kendricks 
reportedly that deal to the to the 49ers was a possibility. But I think one of the reasons they didn't do that, in addition to him being a young, good player, you look at the depth. You got Don Cherry, Najee Good, Joe Walker. So we'll just run through each of them. Uh, let's let's start with, with Najee Good. He's dealing with the hand injury, and he's someone – Watching him in that game, there were a couple times where he got washed down, a couple times where he didn't really uh, finish finish on, on some tackles. Yes. There was one with Jay Ajay where I, I don't know if, if Najee thought he was back at, at West Virginia. Where he could just and, run through him. Where you could just <laughs> – Jay Ajay is a different creature. Right. And <laughs> he didn't he work. Hit him. Yeah, and he bounced off of it and actually helped – he helped Jay Ajay get more yards. Exactly. He used it to – Propel him. So when you look at Najee Good, special teams is there, obviously. But let's talk a little bit about Najee Good. What are some of the positives that he brings to the table? I think the biggest thing is experience. He's the most experienced backup guy that they have. Really good athlete. Understand where he belongs in the defense. He's a special teams guru. Like you know, he 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 plays special teams with the heart and understanding that this is how he's going to make his bread. You know, he's going to make his money playing on special teams. But given the opportunity, he's more than enough to going out there and playing linebacker, all the linebacker positions. He knows all of them. He can play Mike. He can play Sam. He can play Will and play him at a high level. They don't think anything of letting him go out there and playing. And that's the biggest thing, that reliability that Coach Schwartz is looking for. That's the type of player that he is. He's consistent. He understands the defense. He owns the framework of where he belongs in that defense. And he owes all those positions on the defense um, linebacker. But the biggest thing is he's a special teams guy. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think you, you have to look at the smarts with him. Yes. Uh, talking to Jordan Hicks yesterday, you know, he talked about how it's so important to be able to get the defense set. You know, you're, you're getting everybody aligned, lined up and everything. And that's something that Najee Good as a backup is able to do. You yes. saw him take pretty much all of the reps at first team, you, you know, while Hicks was out. And I think he did a really good job. Yes, he did. I, I think that another thing that's that's kind of undersold with with uh, Good is his. I'm not saying one on one coverage ability, but just his ability in zone and just to understand passing games. And exactly. You saw that a few times uh, during minicamp, especially. I remember there was a play where Carson Wentz locked in on Alshon, and I remember when he was dropping it was five step. They had the flat curl combo, uh, the flat from the slot, the slot. And the curl on the outside, it was Alshon on the curl. I forget who was on the flat. It's not important. But uh, I remember Carson locked in on him, and I just saw Najee just flow right into the passing lane, picked it off, and he returned it for a would-be touchdown. And those are the type of veteran uh, instincts that you have to have as a backup. And then, like you mentioned, the fact that he could play all three spots and you don't really have much of a drop-off mentally, I think that's that's huge. It's huge, man. You know, knowing where to drop, cutting off uh, tight ends, coming across on crossing patterns, you know, getting underneath those deep end, in deep end routes, you know, comeback routes. Those are what he brings to the table. So that's where, you know, Najee Good is, is the consummate pro in, in that group of backup guys. And I'm glad you mentioned cutting off the tight ends on the crossing routes because a lot of times that's a quarterback's focus. Right? Exactly, and and we talked about how the guys up front have to get to the quarterback, and that helps. If yeah, no you question. force him to come off that crossing route and go to a different read, that's that extra second that you see uh, a, a, a 
fraction of a second that you see the guys up front able to use to get that sack or to, you know, get that hurry. So that's a good point there. Um, moving on to Joe Walker. Now, you talk about instincts. Last year, this was a guy that was constantly flowing to the football. Yes. I mean, every single time, I, I remember the, the end, the you know, the third and fourth quarter of all the preseason games, especially the, the, the last one, I think it was, where he got hurt. This guy was just always around every snap. You see 50, 59 by the, near the football. So that's something that stands out to me. But I think had, it's a step slower now exactly, than it was. And that's what I want to get into, that injury. Um, first week of camp, I talked to him about just, okay, how, how do you feel mentally? You know, Where are you mentally? Do you trust the knee yet? And he said he did, but it didn't really seem like he does. Then, yeah. should, should he trust the knee from watching him? You know what? I think he, he does trust the knee. It's just not doing the same things it used mm-hmm. to do. And that's where you, you know, so we, we talk about the next level. This is where you get the next level. Once you get to a point where your body starts, you know, it's almost like it's betraying you. And right now, it's betraying his eyes in the aspect that his eyes are where they're supposed to be. He sees where he's supposed to be, but his body just can't get there. That's when I knew I needed to retire. Mm-hmm. When I could be looking and I could see an MEB blitz, a Mike Sam. Def- uh, ends cross and they're, they're blitzing. I could see it and I'm looking at it and I'm going towards it, but my body just isn't getting there fast enough to make the play, to stop the play. And that's where I knew I needed to go ahead and shut it down. And I think that's where he he he's relying on his body, but it's just not there just yet. I don't know if you can get faster, but he needs to find a way to get faster, react faster, and get it going. At this point, I don't see him. I see him Behind actually Don Cherry at this yeah. point. Yeah, and it's he just he just seems like a step slower. And yes, I saw it a couple times at one on ones. I mean, there were uh, I'm talking about one on ones uh, on the passing side of things where the backs, you know, backs versus linebackers. And I remember there was a time where he got crossed up by Legarrette Blunt. Whoa, 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 Gave him one of them inside outside moves. Ooh. Or, or, yeah, it was inside outside, right? Because he he was going to his right inside, and they came back to the to the left on the outside and ran that. It was like a choice route, so to speak. Ooh. And um, yeah, got it, to be it, more careful. It, it, it was ugly. So <laughs> we talking about Legarrette <laughs> Blunt, who should be playing blocking tight end, I guess. Huh? No, nah, I mean no, nah, no. Nah, let me take that back. He just ain't as fast as, you know, most yeah. of us Sproles guy or something like He's that. He's not some Now, if that happened against Pumphrey, if that happened against Sproles, okay, yeah, that's acceptable. Right, right, right. It's not acceptable, it, 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 but okay, yeah, I, I get I can it. understand I that, yes, yes. Not against Blunt. So, <laughs> I, I just think it, it's 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 going to take a lot for him, and it's a shame that he's down to this because he was really promising last year. And this he is was a second-year yeah. player. No question. You know, and, yes. and to have things happen to him, this injury, and not be able to bounce back and be himself, it's unfortunate. I think practice squad is a possibility for him. Until he you know, made more strength in it or something. They say the more, the longer you get away from an injury, the, the better your body is. Right, so right. We'll see. But you mentioned Don Cherry. And I think Don Cherry has. We have to talk about him. Local kid of out of Villanova. Villanova's fine. They had another Nova linebacker who I thought would be able to make some noise, Austin Calitro, but he's out. Uh-huh. They released him, and he's out in San Francisco. But you look at the game against the Dolphins. Cherry had a nice interception. No you know, question. 
he's a thumper too. That's what I like about him. So, what are your thoughts on Donald Cherry, and where does he fall in this whole scheme? I mean, I think he's a, a really, really good nickel linebacker. Um, I don't know third. I mean, first and second down. I mean, I believe he can go in and stick his head in there. But um, you know, I, I I like what he's doing out there. I mean, he's really what I've seen him flourish at the most is being in that nickel package. And really getting back, getting his depth and drop, dropping back when it's passing plays and really reacting off those passing plays. He still needs to get the knowledge of the game. He's not, he's not, he's not reacting instinctually yet because I don't think he's, his, his mind is processing things as fast as it should be at this point. And that just comes with getting reps. That comes with playing a lot. But I'll tell you what, he's a good enough athlete to be on this team. And if he can flourish at, 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 at special teams, he could be a guy that could stay on this team for a while. Yeah, I, I think special teams would be his his key to this to this roster, and he just has that you know I don't give a l type of <laughs> right. approach to things, which right. is so necessary to play special teams. I want to see what happens with this linebacker core because I mean, you got guys that they could go pretty deep. Yeah, you know they could go pretty deep. You have but see Najee Good is really the 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 top option because, like we mentioned, he could play all three spots. But you still need to have guys that could cover. This is a division that has Jordan Reed. Now, I don't think that he's guardable one-on-one, but you still need somebody that could be in the area and possibly run with him. <laughs> right, right. Evan Ingram is greatly underrated as a prospect. No, no, he's not. I People aren't talking about him enough. I'm talking about. I did. Yeah. I did three of his games last year. Evan Ingram is every bit as good as a player as any tight end in the league. Runs routes like a receiver. Runs just like a receiver. That's and why he's number seventeen when he was in college. And he'll block for you. Did no you, question. Did you do the Alabama game? Yes, I did the Alabama game. Was it the Iron Bowl oh, or no, no? Not Alabama. Excuse me. Excuse me. The uh uh the A and M game. I didn't do A and M. I did um, I did uh I, I did the Alabama game, the Arkansas game. And uh, I think it was the Texas. No, it wasn't Texas A and M. Was um, Auburn. Okay, the A and M game. Everybody talked this stuff about. I mean, Miles no, Mississippi Garrett. State. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Got you. Well, that A and M game. People talk about Miles Garrett and, and how he's such a beast. Evan Ingram blocked him one on one. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Or, or you know, I'm gonna stand it a little bit because we we gotta give a shout out to Derek Barnett. You didn't see any tight ends doing that against him. Oh, no question. Because he'll dominate that. But, you know, Eagles got him at 14. Browns got Garrett at one. Hey, look, we'll see how that whole thing pans out. But when you look at Evan Ingram, he's a guy that you have to, you know, have someone to cover. The Cowboys still got the old man that just finds a way to get open. I don't know how he does it. So that being said, getting back on course, Nate Jerry, Kamu Gruger Hill, I think Nate Jerry is going to be with his hamstring, and I was thinking about it this morning. I think they're going to kind of slip him right on that season-long IR. Oh, you think that? With that hamstring. But let's talk about Grusha Hill because this is a guy who was a safety in college. Extremely good athlete. Fits the mold. Really good athlete. Special teams dynamo. But – He's not afraid to come down and and fill against the run. As as you saw when he you know with the with the penalty where he just lit that uh, <laughs> lit that pump return, <laughs> so lit him up. He's another one that you have to consider in, in this mix. I mean, this is a guy that the Patriots had. They they released him and and 
the Eagles pounced on him, brought him in right away. And I think it was Paul Turner they released yep. in order to, to sign him. So, uh, Gru- Gruja Hill, do you think he has a, a chance to make this roster? Uh, you know what? It, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough because I don't know if they're going to keep that many linebackers. I mean, because, you know, like I said, I mean, at this point it's between him and, and Cherry as far as guys that are to compete for playing time on the special teams. Those two are the X factors. Like I said, I I, I don't think that, that, that Joe Walker would be a guy that they're going to keep on, on, you know, I think he might move the practice squad. And, you know, they need probably need one more person on practice squad. But, you know, we're talking about a guy that loves to play special teams, really good athlete, runs like a deer, um, not afraid to stick his nose in there. That's all you want from a linebacker, especially a guy that's not starting. And the thing I always place importance on is when you talk to a coach and you ask him about particular things, how quickly – a particular guy's name comes. Jim Schwartz likes him. Oh, no, a lot. He yeah. talks about these hybrid players, and he talks about how these backs catch, catching the ball out of the backfield, these guys like Trey Burton and Zach Ertz at tight end that you could flex and, and line up out wide. He said you need a hybrid player like that. So for me, when I look at Schwartz's comments, and then you look at, like you mentioned, his special teams ability, his athleticism, I think he's the guy that's going to make this roster. Yeah, I, he, yeah. I think they're going to keep five linebackers. So, for me, when I look at this, obviously you have the starters, Kendricks, Hicks, and Bradham. But then your reserves, I think, are going to be Najee Good and Kamal Gruger-Hill. And that makes the most sense. The most sense because they do everything. I just can't see Joe Walker-Met because he just plays linebacker. He's just all he's played is linebacker. And you look at the other other two guys – they play everything. You know, Cherry can play, you know, that nickel linebacker also. Uh, Nathan Gary, he can play that nickel linebacker. So, you know, this is going to be a crucial game coming up on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Simply because there's a lot of open spots still. You know, I'm, I'm still looking at the running back. There's still a lot of open spots there. There's nothing in stone yet. Look at the wide receiver position. It's not written in stone there, you know. You got three guys competing for – well – Four competing for two spots. Right. So I mean, this is this is this is this is one of the most competitive camps I've seen with these guys in the Eagle Green, the the, the Midnight Green, for in a long time, man. And I love it because competition breeds success. So yeah. Exactly. Anybody who says you shouldn't watch this fourth game is is crazy. No question. It, it may not have the star power, but you're seeing guys literally, literally play for their hungry professional lives. Yeah. I mean, there's guys who are going to be playing this in this game and know that if, if they don't ball out and, and acquit themselves as a player, they're going to mess around and be selling insurance, you know, come come October. Yes, and, definitely. And that's that's the, the do-or-die type of mentality that I love watching. No you question. see these guys scrapping. Yeah. That's not to say that guys who are already on the roster don't give it their all because they do, but it's always a different element when you see guys. Trying, you you got to feed your family, man. Door, yeah. No question. You're yeah. trying to feed your family now. If Up until my – my my twelfth year in the league, my twelfth year in the league. I'm playing in you know a, a, a couple snaps in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, and I didn't give a damn. I went out there and played them like they were my last because they could have been my last. They ended up being no, that's my last because I got hurt in my last. You know, I got hurt, so I'm, you know, I, I ripped my quad muscle for my for my knee, my kneecap, my patella tendon. So ended up being my last. But you know, it it just goes to show you these, these guys have to go out there and if they want to feed their family. 
they got to go out there and make an instant impact out there. That's it. So definitely make sure you tune in. Um, side note, the guys at BGN are organizing a way to help the people in Houston. Eagles fans, one of your own, Marcus Johnson, is from Friendswood, Texas. He used to live in League City, Texas. These are areas that have been affected by the hurricane. So definitely stay tuned. John Barchard and the crew are going to have ways that you can help out there. Hey, man, the world is a, a one community. You know, you help everybody, and that's that's what we need to do. Big ups, um, my boys. So definitely make sure you stay tuned for that. This is the Next Level Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening each and every Tuesday usually. Sometimes we'll veer, but we'll keep that fix. We'll, we'll make sure we feel that fix for you every week. So I'm Teron Davenport. Barrett Brooks here. We are signing off. Definitely tune in next week and stay tuned to BGN Radio. And make sure you use the clippets. You're going to have another opportunity to make some clips. If you want us to break them down, any play that you want, we'll do that. Just make sure you send it to at T Davenport underscore NFL and at Barrett Brooks 72 CSN. We're out of here.